Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Vince Vega. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. Does he look like a bitch? No! Why'd you try to fuck him like a bitch, Brett? I didn't. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Cue the theme song. Hamburgers. Cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast. Look, you brought her here, and that means that you're going to give her the shot. The day that I bring an ODM bitch to your house, then I give her the shot. Give her the shot. Give it here. Give it there. All right, tell me what to do. Then why you try to fuck him like a bitch, Brett? <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did, Brett. You tried to fuck him. And my Wallace don't like to be fucked by anybody except Mrs. Wallace. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. All right. 1994. Grade 10 high school for me. So maybe didn't quite understand what I was seeing at the time. But boy, I saw it. A pulp of fiction. Quentin Tarantino. I know when I was looking this up, I saw this movie described as a neo-noir black comedy crime film. That's saying an awful lot. Uh, it's, it's, a it's a gangster. It's it's a, got some gangsters. It's got some unsavory people, some drug doers, some drug dealers, some shooty people, some people who think about having affairs and then get stabbed in the heart with big... Fuck off syringes. I think this is a drama. This is a one word. It's a drama. <clears throat> a one word drama. Pulp. That's it. It's just drama. Uh, like if you had to, like people who try to describe it with <laughs> fucking seven words, it's, that's weird. That's weird I, to I, me. It's a crime. This is like a bunch of shitty people uh, doing shitty things. It's a crime film. Like that. that's what I would say. It certainly is, I guess, those other things. But we do have John Travolta, Sam Jackson, Uma Thurman, Harvey Keitel, Tim Roth. Amanda Plummer, Ving Rhames, Eric Stoltz, Rosanna Arquette, Rosanna, Christopher Walken, and Bruce Willis, and Maria de Medeiros. Oh, uh, yeah, this movie Maria. is just, just stacked. And maybe the most shocking thing about this movie was that uh, Daniel Day-Lewis wanted to play Vincent, and Tarantino said, John Travolta instead. Yeah, but he it was interesting because he talks about it like people didn't realize how popular John Travolta was in 1993, 1994. He he was hanging he was out with popular, him a little bit. He, well, he, that's what I'm saying is he was hanging out with him a little bit. And whenever he would be seen with him on the street, people would go nuts. And uh, even though he wasn't in a lot of big movies at the time, he everybody knew who he was and he was very, very popular. Like he said, it was... It was hard to walk down the street with Travolta in 93. Um, but he because he was doing movie. those look who talking movies that, that, you know, he was underestimated as uh, his popularity was very underestimated. He wrote this role for uh, Madsen, eh? Yeah, yeah uh, Madsen originally. did something Madsen else. Doing, um, he was doing that Western. What's it? Uh, what's the, oh, what's um, the guy's name? The sheriff guy. Not Billy the Kid. Uh, no, no, no. The sheriff. Wyatt Earp or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, wider up. You're right. I think. Yeah, imagine this, that. I mean, this is. The, I mean, the, I can't imagine Madsen in this now. Madsen it's would. True. Madsen could do Vincent Vega though. Like you can see how it's written for him because the character, uh, the look, 
everything is Madsen. His choices would have been so different, though. I don't think it would have been as nearly as good. Like his character, the weight of the characters is so big. I don't think Madsen has the chops for this. I mean, Travolta kills it so much; it's hard to see somebody else in the role. I think, but yeah, I'm just trying to think of what it would have been like. I'm trying to picture him, imagine him in those scenes. I'm thinking specifically of the <clears throat> scenes where he's like whining, Travolta, like you know, say please, ask me nicely. Where he's just trying to get his way, like that—that that seems very Travolta perfect. Whereas Michael Madsen, I've recently just watched like most of Tarantino's movies again, and watching Madsen in Kill Bill Two and in Reservoir Dogs, he's like more of a serious psycho. I'm Madsen sorry, is, Michael yeah. Madsen. Yeah, I love him, but Travolta brought like a little bit of that whiny but still dangerous guy to he's it that I thought aloof. worked really well. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a, I see him as a heroin addict where Madsen, I might have had a tougher time. I don't know. I'm sure it could have been interesting with Madsen because he's not a useless actor. He would have done something great with it. But what oh, yeah. we got, obviously, how could you swap any of this out? No, totally. Yeah, um, this, is, this is like the this is also watching it this time. I, I was really kind of trying to look for some kind of a sense of structure. And the interesting thing to me was is that the beginning of the movie where they they uh, decide they're going to rob the the restaurant is the actual inciting incident, and the reason why it is is because it's where Vin where uh, not Vincent but uh, Jules Pitt Jules comes to terms with his transformation by them robbing that restaurant and then without knowing it at the that they're there until the end of the movie it, it all comes so greatly like to a full circle that it's like brilliant watching it's, it again it's brilliant like and travolta think, dying in the middle you think that he that he comes to this decision at the diner he says he does he said i was sitting here eating my muffin and i decided no, but he's, he's being he's being an asshole to travolta because travolta says wait you just now and he goes, yeah, I was sitting here eating my muffin, contemplating whatever. No, and he's I think not he being an asshole. Be- he but says, the thing happened way earlier in the day, and then they shoot fucking Marvin. Well, you could argue that the gun, and then they go through the at, whole wash and wear like the short stuff. You know what I mean? You, and then you, he hasn't had a moment. He hasn't had a moment to like think about it because yeah. they've just been go go go, and then get rid of the oh, body, get rid of the car. I think get you'd be thinking about wolf. it while you're picking brains out of the back. I think you're. That's no, that would all be time to. But think. no, but he's thinking about. Like ex- getting out of the crime that they've accidentally committed, and yeah, also I know, I know they've committed about, two, but they've committed two crimes. Disagree. I'm just saying <laughs> that okay, if this isn't the inciting incident, then it's when they get shot at from the guy and it cuts away, where the guy misses them and then they shoot him. But then that's the inciting incident because had that not happened, Vincent would never decide he wanted to make a big change in his life. So it's either this or that. But like it actually is so interesting to me that without the conventional structure, even with the stories jumping around and the characters, all of that stuff that happens at the beginning of the movie is why everything is concluded at the end. It all sets the wheels in motion for Vincent yeah. to make this huge life decision to be a bum. He, he's gonna be a bum. He made a decision to be a bum, Jules. Yeah. What I find bum. <laughs> what I find really interesting about the start and the end, the the whole diner thing, um, is if if the movie just ended in the diner and uh, pumpkin and honey bunny weren't like 
given the, their perspective at the start. So if you just brought them in at the end and Jules came to his realization at the end, it wouldn't make sense where it came from. It wouldn't be anywhere near as good as it is. Um, but if you did at that point in the movie later, near the end of the movie, just introduce Pumpkin and Honey Bunny, give them their their perspective and then like surprise John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson, it would be too late in the movie to introduce two important characters like that. Random, so yeah, brand this, new characters, yeah. The only way this could have worked was to do it in two separated scenes with different focal points. Oh, see, I think it could because I was watching a thing that was talking about how um, for a while there was a version on YouTube that someone had re-edited this all into proper order, chronological order. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about that. And I do think that you could have those characters. You could just cut to those characters. They're interesting enough. And that and like Tarantino obviously does dialogue so well that you could have them in there and it wouldn't feel out of place. Like the movie already is totally torn apart and put together in a, in a weird order. And like Colin's saying, like there is no conventional um, inciting incident in this, right? Like that guy coming out and shooting, maybe, I guess, if you have to pick one. But there's not really something because, you know... Because that's what starts after the whole diner intro. Yeah. The free, freezes on, on her mouth being open and that cruel snar, and then you get all your titles and, and funky old music. Um, and then you're into Jules and um, uh, uh, fuckface Travolta <laughs> driving in <laughs> driving in the car. So then they would pull up, they would get out, they would go in, they'd have their whole foot massage discussion. So yeah, I think I think if, if that was the conventional start of the movie, um, that, that would be would the be, inciting inci- yeah. incident. But it's it hard would to if say. it was, yeah. It's hard to say because that when you do it out of order like that, uh, with so many different stories going on interweaving, like John Travolta is the only consistent thread through every storyline. It well, is the inciting incident when they get when they get shot at. It's definitely the inciting incident because that is w- what makes the w- only character who really has an arc of character, which is Travolta, or which is Samuel Jackson. He that's why he has his arc is because he, they get shot at and they don't get hit. Mm. So the yeah. walking scene is the first scene, though, if we do this chronologically. Well, that no, you would. Well, that would be a weird. Well, that would definitely be a weird way to open it. And then the movie would end with them riding off on uh, Gracie on the motorbike then. Yeah, which so if you listen dies. to the movie. So another interesting thing I found out, if you listen to the movie, the first sound you hear is that motorbike. Yeah, that's right. Is that right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, but I wouldn't though. But that's the thing is the way that this is edited. You wouldn't want this chronologically because the way the arc of character comes at the very end and the climax no, all of, comes. No, of course. It's yeah, that, that's what I was experiment. I think right. That's what I, I was getting at. That's what I was getting at. The way it, it was structured. I guess it could have been made to work another way, but I still think if I hadn't seen this movie before, because any reviewing of it, I obviously have seen this movie a whole bunch. So even if you recut it, I'd still be like, I know these characters. I love this scene because this is going to be this i don't think i'd be able to objectively look at it and say it's better this way or another way because nothing would surprise me seeing it chronologically but it's part of what makes this movie so interesting is the 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 choices that were made and how to break up the stories and and thread them together and at times it's like so smart it's like really weird um like with 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 butch's um the watch story. The whole watch story is just such a peculiar fucking scene that sticks with you. But then instantly Butch wakes up from from that flashback as a dream. 
goes through his whole shit and then immediately has the scene with Fabian um, about not having the watch. So we as the audience just witnessed amazing Christopher Walken, a really funky story you couldn't believe you were hearing. It's so interesting. And then it directly leads into feeding the next scenes in in the show on why a man would go back to his apartment. He knows for a fact there are going to be hitmen there. So you buy it. It's fucking crazy. It's It's, it's good. It's It's great. It's a great way. Like It's so funny how he establishes... Um, how important the watch is with that scene so that and it ends up being a dream so that there is no you don't need to talk anymore about that watch that watch is like that watch went through three wars that watch he wants to give that watch to his kid someday he needs to get that watch no matter what that watch is like it's the first wristwatch that was ever made and it went it through three wars and someone's colon. It killed, it his, killed grandfather his grandfather. Yeah. Cause of dysentery. <laughs> yeah. He's gotta get that watch back. And when and his reaction when Fabian forgot the watch is the best. Cause he goes to rage <laughs> and anger and then realizes how terrified she is. And then I love how quickly he's like, It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> He rationalizes. Yeah, he's like, you didn't know. Shows that he's been working on rage because he's working through the steps of how to like, of how to like, calm down, legitimize the situation, see it from someone else's Mm -hmm. perspective. Like he's going through. I didn't say how important the watch was. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like it. That gives me a little glimpse into his character. Like it's. I don't know. It's so fucking good, right? But and then, then he also he rips his coat off the hanger and then like throws money at her and slams the door. So you still know he's like so pissed. It's well, crazy. And it, yeah. it insta cuts to him fucking raging in the car saying, yeah. I told her, don't forget the watch. I reminded her. Right. So like yeah. he was yeah. putting on an act for her and then you get to see his real emotion again. Mm-hmm. He, he His performance and everyone's performance in this this movie, to me, when you talk about characterization and how important Except that is in a movie, Griffin. Every, yeah, well, that's okay. <laughs> every character that guy in this was movie a maniac. Oh, <laughs> is completely like I'm completely interested and like every person in this movie, including the cab driver. Like I'm into them. I want to know like more Zed? about them. You I, like Zed? Well, I mean, good. I find Zed interesting. Zed. And I find Maynard, I find Maynard interesting, and I find the Gimp interesting. I mean, they're all interesting. I don't necessarily like them, this but is, like that, the Gimp, yeah. the whole Gimp thing, I find that fascinating. I still want to know more about like that whole situation. And did they it's kill so the Gimp? Because the Gimp was hanging the Gimp on that the, hook. Marcel's wall. If, if, if he was on a Gimp. neck, I think he was on a neck collar. Yeah. He was. And, and might have been hanging himself to death once because I love it just works I don't know that for the story for everything but like Bruce Willis just one punches him out and you're like he's a boxer he would annihilate people in one shot every time you already know and he the killed guy, the guy. guy goes down yeah, yeah. Hand. yeah and you know, his bare hands and you know that uh, you know that Vin Williams is not leaving any witnesses he already told um, him this was between them so that gimp is dead dude that guy was yeah. raping like probably one of the biggest gangsters in West United States. Okay. So, so that scene, very strange. Another one that sticks with you, um, but has its own little great little ups and downs back and forths. But I I watched this with Colin and we were wondering once, um, once Marcellus, after he's let Bruce Willis go, finds out that, that Butch whacked Vince 
Uh, is he going to like still be like keep his part of the deal? Do you think, Brent? Or Say would again, he renege sorry. on the deal because he'd find out that his best friend was... Wait, was Vin, Vin Wames didn't know when he made the deal with Butch, he didn't know that he'd killed Vincent. Yeah, he's going to he find didn't. that out only yeah. after... Only yeah, after he's going to find Vincent. out later. Vincent's so I did dead. wonder that when I was watching it, actually, because it... I can't remember if it's something I thought about before, but I did think about it this time. I think, I think he's, he's got to honor that deal. I think he does too. I think he does. I'm it was his mistake. It's that. his gun that's on the counter. Is Wallace's? Yeah, it's true. Is it? How do you know that? Well, I've done a ton. Of I figure he just research. Put, I figure, but the thing is, is that so <laughs> Bruce is going home, right, to grab the watch. Yeah. He's close to home. Uh, he's just leaving home, actually, right after killing him. And you mm-hmm. see Marcellus Wallace. Marcellus Wallace is walking with stuff because he was there with Vincent and he went to grab like some food or snacks or whatever. Yeah, he's bringing back And put his donuts, gun on yeah. the counter, goes to get some food. Vincent, because he's a heroin addict, is always shitting. So he's in the bathroom yeah. shitting. And Bruce yeah. comes in, sees the gun. Because it doesn't make sense that Vincent would leave his gun out there. He would never I'd, leave his I gun just, out there. I thought he was going to take a dump. He'd put his gun on the counter. He'd be like, the guy's not here. He's not going to come. I he's actually not taking thought it, it was Vin Williams' gun, gun too. It could oh, okay. be Vince's, though. It doesn't make it, it doesn't make a re- really big difference. But It would be really weird Brent's that Marcel right, Wallace was in that shitty neighborhood grabbing fast food otherwise. He yeah. was far away, no. too, considering how far Bruce Willis had driven. No, so they're just Captain Kangaroo. Yeah. They were keeping each other Captain company. That, no, he, he's 100%. He's one hundred percent going back to 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 his house. No, that he would. They were. He was taking a. They were, he was going to get food. But There's I never no put doubt. that together before I saw this. I watched a bunch of making of and a bunch of. That like would have, and he also had two coffees. This. He has he has two coffees. Once for him and once. Yeah, for Yeah, Vincent. that yeah. that I totally get. He was going to get breakfast for them both. They were tight. You know, you could tell they were tight. Um, here's another question I have, and maybe we'll see what you think of this. Is uh, in one of the early scenes. As uh, Marcellus is getting Bruce Willis all set up to take the fall. Um, In the fifth, you go down. Um, When Bruce Willis goes over to the counter, he's next to Vincent. And Vincent is a total prick to him. Calls him Palooka. And and he's all like superior. I wondered if at that moment, Bruce Willis was like, since I know that I'm going to be like fucking with Marcellus Wallace, uh, I might be seeing this guy again. And I wonder if at the moment back in Bruce Willis's apartment when the door opens, if John Travolta, if, if Vince had been a little bit nicer at the counter, I wonder if Bruce just would have backed out of the room saying, you stay right there. But instead, like, Travolta was a super prick and fucking Bruce was like, oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> but he waits until the toaster pops. The toaster, like, make, because it's a jumpy tense situation. I think that yeah. sound makes Bruce think that something's happening. I, so I don't I think do he too. shoots him I, because of that. But I think that he oh. does key his car. So, uh, yeah, uh, I would say because Vega's too. talking about some prick key just car. Oh whatever, my and god! And him and Willis in the bar are having that. that thing. So Willis for sure leaves keys his car. Um, yeah, I bet. I bet it factors in. I bet even like I. I think you're also right because it happens at the the pop of the pop tarts. That's interesting. I never. It it, it, no, it's definitely because uh, that sound kind of does instigate him to shoot. Yeah, but it also doesn't Not that help he that wouldn't that guy have was anyways. He might have anyways, right? I think he I mean, has it's, just good, it's good directing and editing and the sound and everything. That all works so well. I mean, oh, everything like everything from the beginning. The beginning, like I watching the beginning scene again. Let's just start at the beginning. Watching the beginning scene again. The beginning scene again is amazing. It's an yeah. amazing piece of writing, directing, acting. 
like all of that opening scene the the credit sequence the way they tie into that is amazing the the whole like it was it's it's just a this movie's a pleasure to watch this movie has ass rape in it and this movie yeah. is in the like this movie is like in like everyone's top 10 list it's I'll it's it's in the archives in the american history yeah. archives with ass rape in it <laughs> That's how good this movie is. That it's people can art. overlook Astrid the asteroid. Be excluded from the art. I guess. This one this won the Palme d'Or in Cannes Film Festivals. This this is like this 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 movie got beat out in the Oscars by fucking Forrest Gump. Think about that today. Watch yeah. those two movies today. What movie this should got, have won Best Picture? Even when that this movie won was for good, Best this Original. Movie was yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Fucking movie it was. This one, best original screenplay. Screenplay, and that is it. And that's it. Nobody else won a thing for it. Shocking. Fucking shocking. This should have won a shame. 11 Academy Awards. What, watching Parasite win this year, last year, this should have won <laughs> everything. So it's shocking that it didn't. So who's the main character here? Ooh. Well, well, I mean, from the Jules Oscar has, nods, yeah, it's, it's Vincent, it seems. Vincent gets more screen time than anyone, but he's but across I, all stories, all four kind of main chunks. He's across. Yeah, that's true. I think it's four. Yeah, I would um, say that's tr probably true. But but Butch the only is almost person, like the hero. The only person who has an arc, though, is definitely is definitely Samuel Jackson. Jules. Yeah, Jules yeah. has the arc. John Travolta maybe is in it the most and he butch, is in it the most yeah butch is the most closest to the lines of what i would consider a hero he doesn't kill for fun or for sport that he didn't mean to even kill the guy he killed with his bare hands but he wasn't going to lose that fight but he didn't so i respect that either no i, he didn't I think feel he does feel bad. bad about it i watching it this time i know that's what i'm saying though but watching it this time i think that he's saying that to protect himself because he even says it again on the phone to his buddy so he's justifying it. He's like, he shouldn't have gotten the ring. He shouldn't have laced up his gloves. And and I feel like I got a sense this time that he actually does kind of feel guilty, which I think I is have, great. I have a feeling that that beating that man to death and then killing that other man with the samurai sword is going to come back to haunt Butch someday. <laughs> well, yeah, it's um, tough to kill people with samurai swords and beat them to death. He yeah he he all he's killed three people in this movie. Yeah. He kills three. He kills Vincent. He kills the guy with the samurai sword, and he fucking kills uh, oh Vin, uh, yeah, the Vincent guy in the boxing and ring and the guy in the ring yeah, too. So he kills right. he kills three people in like twelve hours. He seems okay with it, and so it <laughs> never crazy. says it never says how much money he stands to win. But there were eight bookies, and I'd I'd be surprised if bookies would take like bets bigger than ten k each. Um, and we know he's getting odds because the fix that the word of the fix has gotten out. So I was guessing that they probably made around three hundred grand. Scotty, how much do you think that Vin Williams gave him in that envelope? Twenty five grand. Yeah, thirty k maybe. Yeah, I was thinking fifty, but yeah, maybe maybe not that much. That's pretty high. I've just assumed that those bundles were maybe like five k each, and there's probably five of them. Yeah, yeah, that that, that makes sense. Right. Yeah. So yeah, That's he could easily turn that a huge witcher. profit into that. Yeah. That's yeah. So three hundred k, and that that would match the description of what he said about not having like do anything money, but 
can make it stretch a long way. I also yeah. got the sense this time watching around that him and Fabian hadn't been together in a relationship for too long. Like how but, long? Like six months? Yeah. That's yeah. why I, I kind of get that feeling too. Because like they seemed like totally into each other, but um, the fact that she didn't know the importance of his watch... And, and he wasn't able to, to to verbalize that with her. I don't know. Colin said maybe like he'd never talk about that because how would you tell anybody about that shit? Yeah, he but, would just say it's his father's watch and it's, a, you know, he likes but it. It's like but my, I it's the most he, important thing. I don't know. That just seems like some pillow talk that would come up. Like she'd be like, I love my putt. And he's like, my watch is my most important thing to me and I will kill you for it. I don't. Yeah, I just don't. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy who talk about his uh, the feelings of his watch and his father and his feelings for that out to That's his uh, significant other. I always found that made sense. He did did very specify her to her that she needed to get that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He told her very specifically. So like, it's not like she didn't know that it was important to him. But I don't think well, he even says he didn't go into details. He's like, you don't know what my father did <laughs> to get that to me or whatever. He's like, I, I don't have time to tell you right now, but it was a lot or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That shit's awesome. It's one of my favorite lines that makes me laugh every time in yeah. this movie. As many times as I've seen it, I always laugh when he says that. It was a <laughs> fucking lot or whatever he, <laughs> he says. And I um, love their interaction in the bathroom. I, I, I find their relationship very interesting uh, to watch. Yeah. Absolutely. Is there anything Everybody you guys like, would have edited out of this movie this time that you felt was unnecessary? Because it is a long movie. The, it doesn't so, feel long, but... Um, Quint, Quentin Tarantino's whole bit um, in this movie as the, the, the friend in the valley... The, this is really weird this time. Like We're all way more hyper-aware and hypersensitive about language and racism and all that kind of stuff. And watching this time around... Is just the, the the language in the scene the the race the racist language in the scene is is overkill for me now. It doesn't like hum as like something that's genuine and uh, like like a friend at the time would have said that. Like I don't know. It seemed that just seemed like too much this time around. That was it, that was kind of hard. Especially because he's married to a black woman. Yeah, yeah, and also it seems yeah you're both right, and he, it's distasteful. It's not. It's not it's just done. not aging it's, well. Is the problem? Yeah, very. Yeah, and, and, and I get the feeling seen, that Tarantino gets a kick out of the edginess of that word, and I think that he's not going to be remembered super well for that. Unfortunately, well, like I watched, I watched like the Hateful Eight recently and Django, right, where that language is flying, but it was a, in a weird way appropriate for the characters because they were being from a time. It's it's almost. Yeah, it's that. It's also hard to watch, knowing how rough the words can can hurt people. But this one, it didn't seem like that. Like it seemed like it was brandishing it ruthlessly. And yeah, it's it's it's. He was using it in a way that was mean spirited in this one, and in the mm-hmm. other movies, he's using it in a historical way, and in this Jen. one, it's just for shock value that he gets to say it. And it also doesn't help that he. He ended up, I don't think, he'd never originally cast himself, but then ended up doing it. And for him to want to do that role is also a little distasteful well, to Well, apparently yeah. it was between this and Lance um, yeah, that, that Tarantino was considering Lance. doing. Thank yeah. God he's not Lance. Yeah, I know, because that Lance role is so good. Yeah, and it yeah, requires so, more. Like, Tarantino's not a good actor. Like, I hate him in Django. 
I wish he wasn't in there. Agreed. I, well, yeah. I agree that whole section was out of Django. That whole last 25 minutes could have been yeah, could have been no deleted. Why that shit? Yeah, that's, yeah. Th- this is that's why this movie, like Tarantino's movies, like I, like John just said, he watched them all. So you could talk about this. They all have some brilliance in them. Yeah. Um, some more than others. And Glorious Bastards has maybe three of the best scenes in film history, like watching dialogue, directing. But as a whole, that movie is not that good. There's three or four really, really good scenes in Inglorious Bastards, but there's a lot of shit in that. And same with Django. Like I'd say like 80% of Django is good, and that last 20% is not. Oh, um, Hateful Eight. Way less than 20%. Django is well, pretty well, fucking great. It's tw- it's 20 minutes, though, the last 20 minutes of the movie. So, I mean, it's however not, long that movie is. So yeah, maybe 15 the then. Tarantino shit gun. I just want all the shit gone after the big crazy gunfight. Where once once the the dentist is dead, that movie is over. You've got to end that movie once. What's the dentist's name in that again? Uh, not his real name, but Chris, Christopher oh, Waltz's God, character. This. It is. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Doctor, whatever Dr. his name King is. King Schultz. Yes. Yes. There you go. Once he gets shot, that movie needs to wrap itself up in like five minutes. And yeah, it does the next not. firefight is the best firefight anyway. Yeah. I so don't know. why then have you, a shittier got firefight shitty, later? Yeah. yeah. Then you got the shitty Tarantino scenes and where he escapes from the slavers, and then you go it's all back. Bad. When you go back and he is like just playing, toying with everybody, like I don't mind. I don't. I don't mind that, but it wasn't necessary. It should have been somehow included in the big shootout. He should have. Yeah. They all should have yeah. come at him. He kills most of them and then winds it down, taking his time with the last few. Yeah, he could have done the exact same thing to Samuel Jackson. He did without having all that ad- additional stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. nothing changes. Like zero changes when he leaves and comes back, other yeah, than it's, maybe it's his true. girlfriend. Gets like raped and beaten a little bit more. Broomhilda. Like, that's not cool. Yeah. Broomhilda, yeah. Broomhilda's taking so, um, shit. But so, this movie, though, yeah. is. So, this, this is, movie, though, what I was saying was that that stuff with um, uh, with Tarantino and, and that, that whole language. That, so, there's a big section of that that I actually think all you would need to do is some reshots where he just is. He can be pissed. It's fine that he's pissed and it's appropriate. Um, and then, you know, it reinforces also that whole scene about how careless uh, Vincent is when he's getting blood on the towels and stuff. Like, those little intimate moments are so funny. Good. And they so just... good. It's not time-killing. It's like character development the whole it's way. It's characterization. Everything you watch me wash him. I watch you get him wet. Yeah. So, <laughs> so other eat. than that... Uh, other than that one thing, I'm I'm on board with the rest of this movie in its entirety. Every scene, every segment, everything has something to offer and something to chew on. When Harvey Keitel shows up, that, all that stuff, like Mr. Wolf's plan isn't even that crazy complicated. He's like, you clean the car, we'll drive the car to a dump and drop it off. But when, when he comes in, it just seems so much more exciting and tense. Um, and it's just the characters going through the motions. You, you wouldn't even have to do any reshoots. You could easily edit this movie to where he's complimenting his coffee, and he's like, "You're fucking up my shit." But if she Bonnie comes home, you're gonna be fucking up my shit even more. And you could have all that n-word stuff cut out, and it would have There's probably no you can't you just say, "Does my does there a sign on my garage that says dead gangster storage?" Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. No, no reason. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. right. It's just some choices it's absolutely that, true. that could be changed. I watched yeah. it I mean, this time. I watched so, the movie this time thinking about the dialogue because Tarantino is so verbose. And I was like deliberately trying to be 
um, Op- open-minded, annoyed, annoyed by the time, <laughs> right? Yeah. I tried to get annoyed by the amount of dialogue and the amount of time spent on scenes because, I mean, actually kind of good timing. We're just coming out of this uh, like 60s period that we did yeah. where the movies all suffered from extremely <laughs> long drawn out scenes where things could have been yeah. cut and the, and the movie could have been cinched up. And I think that there's there's moments like that in Tarantino probably, right? Like the first diner scene for me, if I'm being honest, probably could be a little bit shorter. It probably is a little too long. But you don't mind because you get such a fucking mouthful of those characters and they are such good characters and so well written that especially at the end when they come back, all of that work that you've done in the beginning um, pays off. So I just, I think that he fucking, I think he can get away with it. I, I never felt I never felt that way about that opening scene. And then the other scene that you could feel that way about, but I never do once again, and I've seen it a million fucking times, so it's bulletproof, is the date scene where they go to the the, the restaurant. Yes. Jack Rabbit Slims. They dance for a long time in that scene. Even the silence and those moments where they talk about the silence and stuff, and he asks, like, all of that is brilliant. And she it goes and to it's the because, bathroom, does coke, comes back. Yeah. Like, we're there for a long time. Yeah, and that whole right. thing is why Vincent's on screen more than Jules. That's right. Char- is characterization, just that. the characterization he uses in his movies, which I also realized this time, is, isn't people talking about their pasts, are, are there, what they do for a living, it's them talking about their taste, their opinions, the things they like, observations. It's never like, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a race car driver. Tarantino doesn't do that shit. Or when I was a little girl, my daddy beat me. It's never about that stuff. Nothing substantial it's, anyway. No, you are learning about the characters through their opinions, their taste in music, their taste in movies, um, the what, what what they argue about, what what they're what they what they're passionate about, what they find valuable. That like the conversation between Jules and Vincent in the beginning of the movie, and their argument about him to foot massage and stuff. That's all yeah. like a debate, and both of them have a different point of view, and they mm-hmm. talk about like how they both have given foot massages and stuff. That has nothing to do with where they grew up. If they, if they were a single, had a single parent, none of that shit. Tarantino is smart in the way that he writes his dialogue because that is like the best characterization is how you, 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 then you know who those characters are. Yeah. It's not this false psychological bullshit. Yeah. I, I, I am not the biggest Tim Roth fan. Um, I've realized just there are certain things in that I'm not as big a fan of him as I liked him in Reservoir Dogs. He was really great in that. And he's killer in this. Like those two make the scene at the front end. Oh, God. Yeah. It, it's just crazy. Like and when they turn from like sweet and loving into like vicious crazies and like their discussion takes so long to kind of turn to that point and then it goes south so fast. It's a shocking and jarring opening to the movie that I I come to appreciate being there. It shouldn't it shouldn't work well. The dance scene at the Jackrabbit Slims like that that goes on for a long time where they're dancing and they're dancing. I I understand that that yeah. dance is like move for move taken from another film that that Tarantino was big into wanted to pay homage to it, but it must have been for a purpose that they kept it on that long cuz you're like that shouldn't work either. Um but like then you got the little things like 
not only that Travolta is a drug addict, but that um, Lance gave him like super fucking whoop ass heroin that she ends up snorting. So that supports like the fact that she, I know you can sniff some heroin, not from experience, of course, but from watching Oz <laughs> mostly. Oz. <laughs> so Brent, um, why don't, yeah, with the heroin, me and John had a conversation and maybe you want to weigh in on this. Um, uh, if, if she was a cokehead, like they represented Mia Wallace as, yeah. would she not know the difference between fucking heroin and cocaine? I don't think I, I fuck. I mean, I'm unfortunately not versed in to have this drugs. conversation as an expert, but because I just find they're both fine white powder. <laughs> Give me a day; I'll get to my dealer and get back to you. Yeah, so, yeah. Because I, mean, I just I've seen, I've seen, but I've never like played with or shoved both of them up my nose to see what the difference is. I just, I guess, I just would think that One someone who is drug savvy, especially <laughs> if it was your drug of choice, you wouldn't mistake one drug for the other. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're so close that you don't they're, know. They're both just like like a plant derivatives, right? Like yeah, like you're taking one from a cocoa leaf, the other one you're taking from a from a poppy. Um, I think it's not a big speed bump. No, it, it's not even it's a not little a one. It's, it's yeah, it's just it was just a question that popped into my mind this time that I thought is that believable or not? It's a good but, question. I I just I kind of I mean not knowing anything and maybe it's the wrong answer, but I mean I think that it's the right choice to make in the movie because Oh yeah. Clearly we don't know enough. No, and exactly. Oh no. I think that the casual viewer would know even less probably than Totally. Yeah. Oh no, and it's I mean it's brilliantly executed and I and it's one of the best scenes in the movie. Apparently, they were screening this movie at a festival or somewhere when when they were were taking it on the rounds, and a person ended up having like a heart attack or a stroke after they they stab her in the chest with the adrenaline needle. And um, the producer Lawrence Bender actually helped him the guy out, and like they like took got him in an ambulance or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. But then when Tarantino heard about it, he's like, that scene works. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I knew that scene worked. And he was the like, thing, it works, baby. So actually, I'm thinking now, and I believe that you can snort heroin. You can, John. John's yeah, so I think, I think that the difference doesn't matter. I think the only reason why she's fucked up is because of the potency. Oh, yeah, no, and the amount, right? Even if you do snort H, you you do a little bump. I think it's like I, a little bump, yeah. Once again, it's not, not, like a, not a expert line. in heroin. Don't understand it. All the heroin black, I've black, ever snorted has been really shitty quality, so I can't say. Yeah, that's Well, she does tar. a big... I've seen people like John uh, on HBO, like on Oz, where they you do a bump of... HBO? Not me. No, where, where they... In Oz, they do a bump of heroin, like a little bump, but she did a huge line... Uh, like a coke line of heroin, so maybe that's the difference as well. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. The, the, the amount of heroin that she's doing, yeah, 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 yeah. You can't ask. I mean, it's not important. Not a speed bump. You'd ask other questions like, "What's the deal with the gimp? Does he just spend all day in that box and then come out at night? Does he shower? <laughs> does he have to wear that suit all day? The, does he enjoy it? Like, I would guess that that's his jam, right? Like, oh, yeah, it's fucking throw me in a box. Oh, don't take me out ever. Yeah. He also he also doesn't try and escape when they tie him up with Bruce Willis because he's just tied no, he's with his stoked. little neck thing. He's stoked. Yeah, he's having a good time. But they I got to be honest with up. you. When he was laughing at Vin Rames getting 
raped and then he was laughing at Bruce Willis. If I was Bruce Willis as I was walking past him on the way into the room, I would have fucking jabbed him with the fucking sword. Yeah, the way he was like making fun basically like you're gonna get fucked. That guy can't live in normal society anyway. I think you're just doing him a favor. Cause like once you kill the other two guys, what's he got? Mm. Is he gonna lock himself in a box? I guess he can. That's true. So I think this is a big missed opportunity for Mr. Tarantino to not open in Las Vegas, Nevada, a Jackrabbit Slim's restaurant on the Strip. Yeah, me and John were talking about this too. Like, why the fuck would he not do that? It would. You could every night at seven, you would show Pulp Fiction, so people could reserve seating to have like an awesome steak or burger and watch. Or you'd movie. have a dance contest. Uh, and then yeah, you'd also have other nights with dance competitions. You'd have different celebrity whatever like. And there's so many people in Vegas who are, would fucking be, fit the molds for those roles and stuff, and that would be their full-time gig. And is you that updated. Their fucking James Dean. Yeah, updated and have modern people there too. Like just oh do fucking a, a, that's a great idea. I love yeah. the old cars. Like that was all a, a built set. Um, but that place would rock out in Vegas. I would absolutely go every time. Oh yeah, it would be like fucking packed. I mean, when after COVID, but like pre-COVID and post-COVID, it would be packed like every night with tourists. Terrace would flock to go to Jackrabbit Slims. I think Tarantino... Well, I mean, he could still fucking do it. I, I can't believe that's that's never been... Like, someone fucking Google that. There's yeah, no way know. he hasn't considered doing that. Yeah, it's true. Or someone else has, like, approached him and asked him if they could do it. We should do it. Let's fucking reach out. All right. Get his email. I got lots of seed money. I'm just flowing in dough. Get his email. <laughs> The pandemic's been great for business. No shit. Oh, yeah. Um, no so I, I kind of pointed out that one scene. Any other scenes? Like anything that doesn't work in this movie? I'm honestly like strapped to think of anything. Even the minor scenes. The the There's like strong female characters and strong uh, male characters. There's there's like uh, there's black characters. Well, that, the like, female Marcella's characters actually. That is something I did want to talk about. Honey Bunny falls apart falls apart and i actually hate the way she falls apart in that last scene she's like i have to pee i want to go he, home she's a fucking uh, but he kind of does too no he doesn't Tim not Roth to that sits not, there not, and is cool yeah but he's he's closer to death than she is yeah, yeah he and definitely he's definitely cooler but his demeanor his his confident demeanor shrivels of course, in front of his gun is gone and he's got a gun pointed to his face She's got I, a gun and it's pointed. So, yeah, it's scary. But her deteriorating like that into a child is a is a fucking is a skid mark for me, actually. Oh, and it really bugged me watching that this time. And yeah. it did bug me for the reason, like John said, strong female characters. Not really. Mia Wallace, not. Drug dealer's uh, wife, not. Is Honey Bunny, not? the one person that should why be, is Mia, not. Why is, why is Mia not? Mia, what does she do to be a strong character? She's, she's just pretty, a wife. She's pretty... Well, that's what I said as well. Um, and I was like, I don't get like why she's with Marcellus. I don't understand it. Um, but Colin she's like raised... Prize. Colin, Well, kind of. And he said, he said like she leans into that. Like she's confident about that. And so she like talks about her acting history. She doesn't back down from Vince or talking about Tony Rockyhara, right? So she's not... She's, she's no very slouch. confident. She she's, knows what she's, she's doing. She's the boss's with, wife. Let me but tell she you. Knows, 100%, 100%. Do you think Car- like she doesn't need to be a strong female character to be uh, to know what kind of power she holds. But she's different. She's not. She's not the boss's wife. Who he's gonna? 
he like she she is the one who wears the pants in that relationship. No way. Yeah. No you way. You can tell. That's how the sense I get. She's the one. He he does what not push her sense? around. There's nothing to give that indication. Her her personality and the way she talks to Vincent and the way she talks about Rocky Hara and all that shit. She she's not a ditz. She, she knows exactly what she's doing. She even says when she comes out and Vincent's like, it's like I'm under the impression if Marcellus never knew about this, that would be okay. And she's like, if he found out about this, I'd be as dead as you are. Like, she does not wear the pants. She's a wife. She is, as the wife, in a dominant position over Vincent because she could say anything she wants to influence it. And she's just, she's the boss's wife. You got to fucking kiss her ass. And she's an ex-actress. She's a fucking prize wife. Of course, she's going to be confident. She's hot but if she and she's fucks young. Up, so the confidence isn't a bad thing, but that doesn't make her a strong character. But but if she a fucks up... A strong character is a strong character despite challenges, and she's never challenged in a way where she overcomes it. But what she says, though, to him there is, like, if she fucks up and he finds out, she's obviously going to be in trouble. But, like, you can see when they're alone and he, he's at the table talking on the phone and she's got the sunglasses on and she's sitting beside him and stuff... Like, he's talking right in front of her about his business and stuff. She's not this wife who's like, he he keeps things from and she doesn't know what's going on. She knows the fucking score. She knows exactly what's going on. And she stays and she's with him. He's not, she's not some ditz where he's like, baby, you got to leave because I got to talk business. That's not her character. No, she's I don't find her wife. that way at all. That's so yeah, interesting. That makes her a strong character. Yeah, I guess I guess I see. I, I kind of agree with Brent, but I, I it, it's hard to know. You don't get to see. You don't get confirmation either way. I, after I talked to Colin about that, about how at least she would be like confident past just being a trophy wife. Let like me tell you who the strongest character is in this movie. It is um, the chick with all the shit in her face. The cab driver. Oh, yeah. I'm a, fuck, I'm trying to find her name. Vela, Vela Bosa. La. Maria Vela Lobos was her name. Vela yes. Lobos. Yes. That's the strongest female character in this movie. Booch. Because she I like is. I she says booch. Booch. She, um, I'm so interested by that character. That character in such, like in five minutes, gives me like so many crazy feelings about like, what like who is this person what is she into she's so intrigued by butch she gets it right away when butch is like you never seen who was your who is your passenger she's like two well-dressed mexican guys or whatever she says right yeah. like well-dressed toasted mexicans and she's toasted. a woman cab driver in a in a in that city right yeah tough that woman toughest woman in the movie probably I, I think I disagree, though, with the uh, Honey Bunny character because him and her, you see them in the beginning and you know that it's just a big fucking act for them. They're just good actors with guns. But when the fucking shit hits the fan, they both fucking crumbled. And when Vincent says like to them... Child. I don't mind But her. when Vincent, Vincent says to them, like, at the end in his final speech, because... Because they think because they're they rob people with guns and stuff that they're strong, but he says you're the weak people, and I am the strong person, but I'm trying to be the shepherd. They are fucking weak, 
And he is strong. He doesn't fucking crumble or blink for a second when they have a gun in his face. When the roles were reversed, he was fucking cool. Yeah, I'm not saying that they should be tougher than Jules, for fuck's sakes. I'm saying she's not a strong character and that her reduction to that childlike state is overdone. I always like that, but that's okay. I, that's just, I, I mean, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just, I, that's just a, that's No, I know. I just, it's something that I feel really strong about because watching it, um, again yesterday and remembering that I didn't like it before and I actually fucking really hated it yesterday. I'm, yeah, that's, that actually has never stood out to me as, well, not as bad. It I stood out to me, but not it. as she, bad. She goes way too low. I don't mind her crumbling under the pressure. Like you have two obviously hard ass guys. If you have Vincent and Jules standing in front of you and they're cool as cucumbers, even though the scene is fucking as tense as a scene could be. If you see those guys, even if you're tough, you're going to lose your cool, right? You're going to fucking start to be f- afraid. I don't mind that. I Correct mind that mundo. she becomes such a cowering <laughs> child. <laughs> I, I, I got to pee. I want to go home. That line, Those two lines of dialogue, worst lines that Tarantino ever wrote, including <laughs> all the N-word stuff. Take it back. I take it back. You feel yeah. strongly. You feel so strong. I'm sorry. How I used the you, phrase. I'm sorry. Did, I used the phrase "strong characters" because did, did that John? Did that ever jump out to you as the uh, like? Obviously, that's a did. Did that ever bother you? I just. I'm just asking, just to ask. No, really. I always figured those two were were over pompous pieces of shit. So when she cracks to that level of low, that's never surprised me. Or, or or wounded my uh, not wounded me just like that's no that's never something that I thought was like over the top or or too dingy out of place no it's it's almost kind of funny it's it's just another crazy character in the world and she he's thought, definitely using it as humor for sure I mean when she when he comes out and Vincent's like if you give that asshole like fifteen hundred dollars and then he's like Vincent shut the fuck up yeah. I also like how he's trying to resolve the situation and Vincent. So Vincent is kind of a fucking dick a lot of the time. Yeah, he is. I noticed it more this time. He's self-involved. Because he's, yeah. he's the one who fucks everything up, and he's being a dick at Jimmy's house. He fucks up the towel. Yep. He's He speaks up to Mr. He Wolf. He shot Marvin in, in the face way. in the first place. Yeah. yeah, it was all his fault. And, and fucking Pitt's just trying to fucking fix it. Yeah. And uh, he keeps fucking aggravating the situation. Yep. Which I like, but I never noticed it as much as this time. And then Pitt says it in the car where he's like, you should be on brain detail or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Every time my hands touch this guy's skull, I'm super fly TNT. <laughs> I'm the guns of the Navarone. <laughs> in fact, what in am fact, I doing back here? You're on brain detail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing windows. Yeah. Fucking love all that. And I really do like Mr. Wolf. And I think the scene, the best Mr. Tarantino Wolf's scene so is, cool. this, yeah, it's because also he doesn't actually do that much. No, no, <laughs> no he really does tells him His plan no, isn't just, that great. It's just, no. yeah, clean the car and we'll take it to the, to the car wrecker. Yeah, and we'll get rid of your clothes. Yeah. Like, those are the two the things, car and your clothes. Those are the two things Mr. Wolf does that shows um, how authoritative he is, is um, the car thing. First of all, he has the connections. And he get, develops the plan and gets rid of the car, right? The second thing, yeah. the thing to me that's even more um, displaying of his authority is when he's in the room with Tarantino and Tarantino's talking about the wedding present sheets. And he goes, oh, was, was your uncle Paul or whatever 
a millionaire? And he goes, no. And he yeah. goes, well, your uncle Marcellus is. So <laughs> I'm sure he'd be willing to what? Furnish this room with a whole new bedroom set. I'm an Oak man. Are you an Oak man as well? Pull out huge wad of cash, give cash. Like that to me is the part that establishes Mr. Wolf as an authority. He's like, he's just, I mean, he's not concerned with the money. He's, he is such a cool guy. He knows exactly how to deal with, with nervous people or any kind of problem. Like whether it be like how to get rid of a body or how to deal with a nervous civilian. Right. Yeah. Mr. He's Wolf a people person. Really well. He told That's me what he is. he is, is he's a people person and uh, he knows. Yeah, you're totally right. He knows how to play everybody to get them out of the situation. It's not like he doesn't do anything. It's just funny because he just basically tells them the common sense shit to do. <laughs> and I love when he sprays them down with the hose and stuff and they get in the clothes and they're both laughing at them and stuff. And then yeah. uh, Pitt's got that great line where he's like, they look like a couple of darks. He's like, ha ha, motherfucker, they're your clothes. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. just fucking an awesome line. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I got a question. At what party was Mr. Wolf at at eight in the morning, seven in the morning when he got in a the tuxedo. call? He was in a tuxedo. There's people like partying. I was like, is he at church? I was telling well, John, he's at an after party. He's at an after after party from some kind of awards looked, event, like the Oscars like or the Golden me, Globes. To tell you the truth. Yeah, people were finely dressed. So, but he was in a tuxedo. You don't wear a tuxedo to awake, unless you hate the person. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I always thought it was like a Golden Globes after, after, after party where mm. people don't want to stop partying. So someone invites them back to their house after the, you know, the all the other real parties shut down at the like, you know, at like all the other places. That's kind of what I always thought. But John's right. It's eight o'clock in the morning and he's in a tux. Yeah. And the other people are in like gowns and he's stuff like that. Always worse. Kind of. So pretty please yeah. with sugar on top. Clean the fucking car. That's yeah, yeah like, and his reaction to the Vincent coffee. Vincent Vega is such a doorknob. He's such yep. a dopey doorknob. That's why he's so good, though. I love when he pushes back on Wolf. You can, I know people. You know people like that. We all do. Oh, hundred percent. Who, who I, would I like do it. that? Yeah, it's so good. I mean, like that's what. Like I like his character. I like. Um. I, I enjoy watching him uh, get in his own way sometimes. I love the scene Johnny mentioned earlier with the, with the um, where they wash their hands, and he's like, "It's hard to get this stuff off with this lava without lava." And he's like, "I use the same soap as you, and my <laughs> and, towel doesn't look like a goddamn tampon." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All that shit is brilliant, and and I cannot believe. Can you guys believe that? So originally, um, Samuel Jackson um, auditioned for the role in Reservoir Dogs of the cop who teaches the the commode story, right? And he and he didn't get it. That yeah, other he actor almost didn't got get it this over too. Samuel. He almost didn't get this too because he he had auditioned and had a good audition, and then the guy who plays Paul, the bartender. He came in for an audition for Jules and apparently killed it. Yeah. And they were like, oh, man, I think we got to go with this guy. And then Samuel was like, I'm coming back there, motherfucker. <laughs> and he did. And they, they were uh, like, they're like, yeah, you're right. It's you. Yeah. He was, he was also supposed to have a huger afro, but they love the Jerry Curl wig on him. So they went. With oh, that. yeah. And the way this- the, the way the wig holds the skull and blood and all that stuff. It's so gross later on. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, oh, my God. When he shoots Marvin in the face, I was still shocked by it. Yeah, that comes even out of Even though I knew it was coming. Me. Even That really crushes yeah. me when he does that. 
Man, I don't even have an opinion. You got I to know. have an opinion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I, I'm surprised Johnny hasn't mentioned his trigger control yet. Yeah, that was pretty poor, Travolta. Why was he even hanging on to his gun at that point? Yeah, and there's a, a terrible trigger control. He had his finger right on it. There's little inconsistencies, but they're not even worth talking about. Like in the scene where they kill Brett in the apartment, you can see Samuel L. Jackson's uh, slide is locked because he's emptied his 1911 pistol. Clip. And then yeah. later on when they have the guy in the bathroom, when he's done shooting Brett, he still has bullets in his gun. Yeah. So that's a little inconsistent. Uh, and then also the bullet holes the, behind them. The bullet holes behind them don't look like they're an outline. It looks like they're straight through them. That could be an angle well, thing. So that's no, but not, that's on no, that's on purpose because of the the coming down. The God stopped the bullets, but but the bullet holes are behind them before he comes out to shoot them. Yeah, that's right. I noticed that this time. The bullet holes are already there. And in the diner scene at the start. She's like, I'm going to execute every motherfucking last one of you. And then at the end of the scene, she says, I'm going to execute every one of you motherfuckers. Yeah, but I think that was intentional. Well, I don't know why, because it's not the same. Uh, I guess it's not. I don't know why he did that, too, but it was definitely intentional. Did you guys okay. ever look at the credits and see that the uh, coffee shop manager under the uh, the credits, is uh, his role is titled only as coffee shop? Because in that role, when, when Tim Roth slams his head down and he's like, are you a hero? And he's like, I'm not a hero. I'm just a coffee shop. And then he gets cut off. And so his, cre- right. his character you, is credited only as coffee shop. You, you do hear him say manager, but it's like a few seconds later and it's a little whimper in the background. That's hilarious. Oh, does he say it? I never, I never heard that. You he, can barely hear it. Yeah, I was wearing and headphones. And Jules' dialogue at the end of the movie, all, like all of his dialogue to close the movie, like the whole conversation, even up to when he comes up with his gun and he's like, is that dirt? What's in the thing? And he's like, it's my boss's dirty laundry. Yeah. All that stuff is brilliant. His yeah. performance is brilliant. I think all of Jules' dialogue, it's, actually. He's, how he's how did he... Yeah, you're right. But how did he not get nominated and fucking win? He did get nominated. He got nominated win? for supporting. Uh, Travolta got support, uh, best actor nod, and Uma Thurman got best supporting as well. How did and not probably Sinise no, probably Samuel Sinise not won, win? Right? You probably did Sinise, yeah, Sinise, Sinise win. I think Gary Sinise did win. Hank Hank's definitely won. Hank's uh, Sinise was pretty great in Forrest Gump, though. So yeah, even though I'm not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was good. He was good. But definitely, I mean, best picture. Oh, my God. How did it fucking lose best picture? Yeah, that's, I mean, there's same, nothing, you think still nothing like it today. People have tried to rip this off. No, you tried, can't. Tried, tried to try to rip this off, like go. And there's tons of movies, like Seven Psychopaths or whatever. Like, no one's even come close to being able to copy this. No, no. one ever will. It's there's like too impossible. Many, there's too many factors that came together. That, yeah. that make this work that you can't replicate. You can't just take the reordering. What do they call it? No. Circular story writing or some. They have a term for it now because when it's that good and you study the shit out of it. But yeah. it's the actors and it's the, the characterization. Then it's the dialogue. Then it's like the beautiful stuff you're seeing. The music. This movie was made for less than $10 million. I know. And made Isn't 200 plus. Like it's incredible. It, it just goes to show what you can do without too much like there were times when they're shooting bread and there's like no blood splatter and then later on there is some blood splatter and like i'm a gun guy in movies you guys all know that now i didn't even care i'm just like yeah it's so fucking cool this is crazy good i actually really like frank wheelie's performance too i mean like even though small that that small role of his is so good with the what yeah is it 
is there a country name what? <laughs> they speak English and what? <laughs> yeah, and that's the whole hamburger joint, the whole hamburger thing, the tasty burger, and the it's just uncomfortable because it's normal, and you're like, these guys have guns. I think they're gonna kill people here, but they're talking about big Kahuna burgers, and it's all very chill. And then he like casually kills the first guy in the coach. Then you know they mean business and. Um, well, that was the other thing I noticed too. This time was usually we are we are in the position to to be rooting for the character Frank Whaley character. Yes, we are usually we're usually he's the he's the antagonist are are the protagonist, and the and they say all the same things that the bad guys say, like all the stereotypical things that the bad guys say, like where's the shit and all that stuff. But since we came with them. And we know them. It just flips everything around to what we we're used to seeing a scene where the the hitmen come in because they're usually the the faceless bad guys. Yeah, it's true. So interesting. It's true. I really appreciate you guys that we've went like this whole episode without talking about what's in the briefcase because who cares? Who really cares? Yeah. It I just mean, doesn't. It the, doesn't the matter. Theory that it's a soul. The code yeah. to the briefcase but, is six. And I actually like that theory. I don't think I actually like that theory, and I I think that's a that's a good theory, except that it doesn't I make like any sense too. in reality. But it's a symbol, right? right? It's just it's just to further the story. Why doesn't it make sense? Well, because souls don't exist, and they don't glow in briefcases, oh, and you well, can't remove I mean, them out of the back of someone's head. So, like from that perspective, I don't like to think that it's a soul. You also can't keep what the fuck I, up your I ass think for I three did, years. Kinda. Can't you? Well, I don't know. Fuck no. Uh, maybe you could. You could try. I mean, that seems. I plausible sense a dare. <laughs> what? What's the date? Right, who's what's, doing it? Well, how about just? Who's how about just three months? Ass? <laughs> just a month. Um, so yeah, I just, I just, I, I. Everyone was so big on this, like, oh, he has the, the, the bandaid on the back of his neck, but that apparently was because he cut himself shaving, and they thought it looked cool in the shot. So like there was no plan, I don't think, for it to be a soul. It just kind of worked out that way. And but it's fine says, if that's what you think. It's fine if that's what you think. I'm just saying I'm glad that it like doesn't matter. It's it doesn't matter. But totally. the way that the, I love the the way that people look at it when the suitcase is open and he says he doesn't say if it was gold or something, he wouldn't say, Is that what I think yeah. think it is? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like that's so it's definitely not like gold or <laughs> silver or diamonds and nothing what glows that way all right well i'm going to so, take back thanking you for not talking about this because it doesn't matter it doesn't matter let's not talk about it <laughs> why but why not it's an interesting facet people want to people want to know what your opinion is do they yeah i guess John, so you, you don't so you just don't have an opinion at all i don't even have an opinion i think uh no I've i don't community, know so i know it's actually just a light bulb yeah. Yeah. There you go. I saw community too. There you go. We solved that, that one. Over a yes. light bulb. I like that you can make once again it's open to interpretation. So I like that it could be whatever exactly. the fuck you want it to be. That's what it that's what it that's I'm sure that's what Tarantino intended. In fact, I think he's never he probably doesn't have an answer. Yeah, like did did Zed and Marcellus get married? We don't know. It's up to us, right? Um, yeah, no, they definitely did. You don't marry a guy that you now that he's dick uh, off. You're gonna want that dick later. Maybe so, we don't know. Again, we don't know bottom. enough Marcellus about the gym. Is a total top, actually. Yeah, you oh. don't. You don't need gear for a bottom. That's true. <laughs> so, 
It's very true. I mean, true he did. It looked like Zed was. It looked like Zed was wearing some eye makeup. So, what does that have to do with anything? Nothing. Excellent. Kink shame. Unless your kink is no, Johnny, you're call it. people. <laughs> yeah, I think we know which way he's swinging. It's towards the anal rape th- sway of things. Yeah, this movie holds yeah. up. Of course it does. It's it's great. Um, any faults you could find, you would just be like, yeah, that doesn't affect anything in a bad way for this movie at all because there's just so much great shit going on um, the whole yeah. way through. It's got so many shocking, memorable scenes. Tons of crazy topics are covered in this movie. The people are, you know, almost everybody in this movie is involved in the crime world. So um, it's surprising because you could definitely, it could have gone away where you didn't like anyone because they were all bad people, but instead you like absolutely everybody. You like everybody in this movie. And the way they've put it out of order, it's not like, it's not like Memento, right? Where, where they split the movie and went back to front with like a very specific way of doing it. This is like broken up in ways that aren't linear at all. And I don't know why scientifically it works, but everything that this came together to be uh, works. It's, it's crazy good. It's a crazy fun, awesome movie. And I never get tired of watching it because there's so much fat to chew on in this movie. It's good. Every scene, even when the Bruce Willis scene ends, I'm always like, Oh, that could be the end of the movie right there. But then you they, we go into the diner and at that moment, I'm like another 20 more minutes. And then as soon as they start talking, you're just like, ah, fucking yeah. Can we have one more, yeah. one more scene? I can't wait for Pulp Fiction too. It's going to be great. See, yeah, he'll movie. get desperate to make it. <laughs> oh, not Tarantino, baby. No, never happened. Never should. Just fuck off. He talked about didn't even it. Want to release I know. Films on digital. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So for me, it it definitely holds up. I love this movie. I love the actors. I never remember instantly that Bruce Willis is in this, but he's one of my favorite characters. Butch. Yeah. Throughout. Um, because he's he gets the crap kicked out of him in the car accident. He's got his nose broken. He just shrugs it all off. He was gonna ice people coldly. He's a badass. He's out for himself. It's great. It's fucking great. Love Jules. Love Vincent. He's got a even super Vincent's cute whining. Girlfriend. Yeah, he's a super cutie girly. Um, it's so good. I like Mia. I like Lance and his shit. Uh, Jody with the shit in her face. She's great too. <laughs> I love I love that interaction between them where where he says that and and it's uncomfortable and they both laugh about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's like, "Who's that? The twin? No, that's my wife." Yeah, and then they just both start laughing. Like, it's she's like, "Sorry, man. I'm sorry, man." It's good. It's all good, man. It's all good. And I like Tim Roth in this, which is surprising and great. So yeah, t- holds up. I'm some, gonna shut up Tim now. Tim Roth hate, eh? No Not hate. Just I don't always like him, but in this, I love him. His accent. The way he plays it all, the way he gets called Ringo, it's good. Brent? Uh, but, I mean, what the fuck are we talking about? This movie totally holds up. It's a great movie. Uh, Tarantino's obviously a fucking great filmmaker. All the actors in this movie are killers. The story is fucking killer. The, uh, it's creative. It's good music. Throws you for loops. The music is fucking dynamite. It's, I mean, and the thing is, is like, I've seen this movie a lot, probably one of the movies I've seen the most in my life and I'm still learning things. Like I, 
I did some research before we watched this. Like, uh, I looked up, like, uh, I watched a video on things that you didn't know, like little, little Easter eggs and whatever else. And I watched another half an hour long making of thing with like all the actors and Tarantino and shit like that. And it's just like, I'd always, I'd always heard that he wrote this scene for Travolta. And so it was recent news to me this week that he actually didn't, he wrote it for Madsen, but Travolta got the role, right? So, um, I mean, there's this movie's so fucking good. It goes back and forth for me, like what my favorite movie should be. Like Godfather has been for my whole life, been my favorite movie. And then all of a sudden you got this Pulp Fiction and I mean, it's hard to pick. I, yeah. Thankfully, I don't have to. It's so unique. I find like it doesn't fit a structure or it's hard to compare this movie to something except other Tarantino films for the dialogue or for the crazy action or, or whatever that makes Tarantino movies, Tarantino movies, but comparing it to other, like uh, at about the best I could say would be like, um, this movie did a great job of bringing in some older and more obscure music back into the fold for movie makers. A lot of people started using older songs I found coming out after Pulp Fiction to really have some catchy, catchy tunes going. But like what I can't, I couldn't even tell you movies that try and emulate bits of this, at least not ones that did it so well that those are also highly regarded movies. Yeah. Like seven psychopaths. What the fuck? That doesn't, <laughs> that movie's trash. So excited for that when the trailer go. Yeah. What do you think, Colin? You hate it, eh? Yeah, I was very upset this time. No, it's uh, that one thing. One thing I we hadn't didn't talk about that was so interesting about this movie was, and and sometimes I didn't notice when I've seen this before, but also was cool because, like Brent said, you learn so much when you watch it again. Uh, is that um, a lot? The houses, like Mia Wallace's house and Lance's house, and everything, is very. Late early seven early to mid seventies, so a lot of the time you're feeling like you're in and the clothes and stuff you're feeling like you're in that time period. But then he doesn't hide the fact that like uh, the wolf has a car that's like a nineteen ninety three ninety four car. So like you know we're not in that time period. We're we're in present day when the movie was shot. Mm-hmm. So so but so it's so interesting to me that he he incorporates the style of of that era that he liked so much the clothing the music the oh my god like Mia Wallace's house is fucking amazing like all those old cameras with the fucking joysticks and the reel to reel she listens to music on a fucking reel to reel machine mm-hmm. like it's insane but that's so like Gino that to me does. he has this nondescript thing right yeah. yeah, but but he but he, a lot of the time I feel like the movie's taking place in in that era, but it's but then he doesn't hide the fact that it's not. Like her Honda, the Honda he crashes is like fucking eighties, like late eighties, yeah. late eighties Honda. Yeah, yeah. Also, so also like driven he, in um in his next one, Jackie Brown, oh, and yeah, it's in um, Jackie Brown. it's in another one of his as well. We'll have to do Jackie Brown again. Jackie Brown, <laughs> but uh great yeah yeah but so like this movie i think this movie like has become my favorite movie over time i think a lot of the ones i thought were better than this have either been weeded out or this is the there's like nothing like this not even tarantino has been able to successfully make anything close to this no so like and, and no one else 
Like, you'd be stupid. The, the people who've tried are stupid to even try. Yeah. I mean, just like... Yeah. I mean, you could be inspired by it, but don't try and fucking make this movie. You just can't. It's impossible. Like, everything came together. I, I, I don't think... He, he ha couldn't have had any idea what he was making when he was fucking making this movie and when he was putting it out. He just couldn't have. It's just one of those movies. And I think that's why it, it is one of the best movies of all time. It's just that that there's this, that just something about it, right? That, yeah. yeah. Like, and as a guy who, like, is a, a loyal about structure and and all that stuff like the fact that this movie works so well like it flying in the face of all of that fucking shit yeah that's how it doesn't it's make in, sense it's inc it's incredible it's incredible it's the yeah, biggest no it's just a fucking masterpiece uh, this is like we've we we've, we've done few movies that are masterpieces i think this is this is this is one and then i mean unforgiven yeah shawshank Holy is fuck. another shawshank's God, uh, i mean God there's Father. very few yeah, and Godfather. Like Godfather. So well done. Just like almost once in a lifetime movies that none of the directors we just talked about were able to really replicate. Tarantino said, I saw an interview with him. He said something really Coppola interesting got too close, about... close with two. Yeah, true. He said something interesting about The Matrix. He said um, his favorite movies that have come out since he's been making movies. And so he started making movies with Reservoir Dogs. And he 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 was gonna have Matrix on the list. He said he would have put Matrix on the list except for the sequels. So he didn't put Matrix on the list because of Matrix two and three. And I was like, F I was fucking respect that because he's totally right. Yeah. Those two sequels ruined the fucking Matrix, even though the Matrix is still a great movie. Yeah. But I always thought that was funny because I I feel exactly the same way. I have the exact same opinion. When you make shitty sequels, you fucking ruin the original movies because you cannot never go back and forget watch, true. watching like, that Godfather, movie. That Godfather 3 doesn't ruin 1 or 2 at all. <sighs> that's true. Because mm. uh, he doesn't rarity, betray the though. characters. The problem with, with the sequels is when they betray the characters. Then it fucks everything else because then I'm looking back and questioning all the things that happened before. I but also three, blocked that one out of my brain. All the characters are still pure. It's just because you've added Zaza and fucking <laughs> whatever his dick face is and all that shit. You, you fucking ruin new characters. <laughs> fucking Sofia Coppola garbage. The, the, the Michael and all that shit is still pure, right? Except for Michael's weird diabetic and the fact that the fucking uh, Catholics <laughs> always have orange juice and, and sugar candies around yeah. every corner. Yeah. Yeah, uh, of the Vatican, orange juice, yeah. orange juice. We've got an orange juice right here, as a matter and, of fact. And chocolate, just for you. And, and chocolate. Yeah. Oh, makes no oh, sense. Oh, so blood sugar. Uh, I think I block Godfather 3 out, though, because me and Brent watched the new version of it again, and I don't remember anything, because every time I watch it, like, I'm a PST, I'm a PSTD with that, and I have to block it out. <laughs> PTSD? Yeah. Yeah. I get, like, yeah. I have trauma from watching the third one. It's and true. then I have to. Otherwise, I just can't get through the day. Well, so I just can't when, block when, out Matrix two and three as well. I guess it's better that way. When Pulp Maybe. Horror Fiction comes out, we'll see how it holds up. Pulpy Fictioner sequels go. Yeah, that'll be it. Pulpy, Pulpy Fictioner. Fictioner. All right. Well, I guess no one's really surprised here, uh, but we're especially thankful that this movie was better than the movies we did from the sixties. Who knew that? <laughs> yes, that we are. Time and perfecting the craft of making movies was so honed in the thirty years between those movies and this movie, and then we went backwards for the next thirty years, maybe. 
Um, but regardless, this is a, a class. You have this is a must see movie. If you call yourself a movie watcher and you're not seeing this, then get ready for some ass rape. And be and <laughs> yeah. you'll be smiling the whole time. Yeah, woohoo! That's Zed for you. And that's the other thing that's great about this movie is you really can't ruin it. Like, doesn't matter what the ending of the movie is. This movie cannot be ruined. Like, you can you can hear all about it and go see it, and you'll it'll still be amazing. That's a really good point. You know, each scene is a feature. That's why it's not it's not a vehicle to get to the point. Yeah. Each scene is a feature in itself. Yeah, and totally. then they kill a main character three quarters of the way through, and then he's back for the end. So, like, yeah, you can't. And it all makes sense. Yeah, it's and it yeah. it works fine. And it's yeah, not, there's it's never not, a point. It's not overly planned and clever though. It's not done to like fuck with us or be a reveal or trick us into thinking one way, and then they're like, "Aha! It was really this." It's just a, it's just a crazy way to tell a story. There's never yeah. a point in this movie ever where you're confused as the audience member and not don't, don't understand what's going on. That is amazing. Yeah. That no, this movie jumps around the way it does. I think like John said it's cuz he's not up his own ass. There's nothing he yeah. does that's trying to be tricky to us. We're allowed to be included. Yeah. In all of yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. He's yep. up his own ass with that new one about Hollywood. Uh, but, that, yeah. That's yeah. took him a long time to get there movie. though. But Hateful Eight is, I think, is great. I've rewatched that recently, and I, I really like I, it. I agree. And it's long couple, as fuck. It could be better, but it's great still. Yeah, I'd, I'd edit out... one of my favorites. Yeah. I'd just edit out all the voiceover and shit in the middle where he does the voiceover, which was also fucking weird, but... Mm, mm, mm. Well, we'll save that one and some other Tarantino movies for another time. I know Jackie Brown's high on our list of ones to do, too. Yeah! Oh, I was going to say, uh, Pam Greer read for um, What's-His-Name's Wife, the chick with all the shit in her face. No way. Yeah. What? But, but Tarantino didn't think that she that she um, could get could be abused that well. Because <laughs> that chick needs to kind of get ran over by that and be like, kind of like, a, you know, she's easily, um, you know what the fuck I'm saying. Who and he was like, Pam that? Greer is way too strong of a character. Um, so he wrote Jackie Brown with her in mind. After Who that. plays Lance again? What's his name? He oh, he was the guy. Fuck. He was he was gonna be Marty McFly. Yeah. Um, and then they fired him. Uh, his name is Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz. He is fantastic. Yeah, in this. he is. I love yeah. the scene where him and her are arguing about the little black book. Yeah. And yeah. then the you see how angry he gets when she won't leave him alone, and he's trying to find it, and she's why are you leaving with this? She's like, fucking me fucking alone. <laughs> I love that scene and I love the whole setup with uh, if, if I bring a fucking fucked up chick to your house I'll do the fucking needle but you're gonna do the fucking needle yeah all that yeah. stuff's great yep yeah oh and the the needle injection scene um, was shot backwards so yeah. Travolta Back. pulled the, the needle out um, and then they just played it in reverse which is why it looks so good get the fuck out of here yep oh no way I gotta watch that again yep that's so cool. Right on. All right, folks. This is a long one, but I think it was worth it, don't you? Don't All you? right. All right. All right. Thanks All for right. listening, as always. And go on, go on. You can do it. Enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. 
Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.